We are straight-talking Southern girls in our 50s, and that's what you're going to get. Welcome to Ladies Roadmap. We're your hosts, Joe Jamie Tyler and Lana Helda. Come along for the ride and join us as we travel to bring you thought-provoking subjects and women who inspire and strive to make a difference in the world. Hello. Today, we have Dr. Kate Dow. She is a transformational psychologist specializing in mind and body wellness. And Dr. Kate helps women navigate through personal transitions, business growth, and spirit-centered leadership development that is really aligned with our core values, feminine principles, and deep fulfillment in mind. She's also the author of an amazing book called Fearless, The Art of Using Anxiety to Your Advantage. She's been in practice for more than 31 years and lives in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And for those of you who have read The Four Agreements, Don Miguel Ruiz will be especially interested to know that Kate studied under him for eight years. Welcome, Kate. Hey, I'm so glad to be here with you both. Thanks. We're so happy to have you. And we couldn't believe it when we read in your bio that you had worked um, with Don and because the book, The Four Agreements, is one of our all-time favorites. And so we are going to talk about you, but just to start things off, we are so curious. Can you just tell us a little bit how that opportunity came about for you to study with him? Sure. Well, I actually studied with him back in um, the days before the book and before he was known. And I was in grad school down in uh, San Diego, California. And um, one of my colleagues at work, was doing a lot of um, practicing and studying with him. And so I just came across it and felt like that was really a great next fit for sort of studying about how do you navigate this life as a human being and try and find happiness. And the Toltec practices were very much about your own personal freedom and seeing how to create that. It's just, it's such inspirational work. And we are really wanting to talk about all of your multi-disciplines that you use. And that was one of the things that really caught my attention is how you weave together that variety of disciplines in your practice and your book. And you really do provide a roadmap to help women free themselves from anxiety and the pressures we all put on ourselves to be perfect. And I'm just curious, how were you guided to explore those particular disciplines you've studied? And of course, we want you to tell us about some of the different disciplines for those who may not be familiar with them. Sure. You know, I as I was writing the book, I realized that in some way I was sort of just led, led to those next steps. And in a way, you know, these different teachers came across my path and I realized that they had a lot of knowledge and wisdom that would really support me in my own growth. And then of course, in my own practice as a psychologist, I really wanted to always keep searching for what are the things that really help us as human beings, but especially as women to um, let go of the old ways of being that no longer serve us and step more into our authenticity and empowerment. So I, I just really feel blessed that certain paths were crossed and I was able to study with some Native American traditions. I studied for about eight years with the Toltec uh, tradition with Don Miguel Ruiz. And um, then I ended up going into work um, as a certified 
teacher in Kundalini yoga, which has been a great add-on. And um, can we just stop there? Sure. The Kundalini is just that's like the the rage now, and I don't know if everybody really knows what that is. So, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, you know, there's a lot of different um, area uh, ways that yoga um, split off into different traditions, but they all came from the original, you know, source uh, way back when. And Kundalini is very powerful because it includes what we say is the all eight limbs of yoga. And so it was really considered one of those fast and furious yogas. You could get a lot uh, processed and worked through and make um, progress very quickly doing the Kundalini. And it's not everyone's cup of tea because it is very rigorous and intense. So most people are more familiar with Hatha. However, um, as a mental health practitioner, I found the Kundalini to be very helpful because I could bring in specific, um, you know, uh, meditations or mantras, things that were specifically helpful for different conditions. And that's what I love about Kundalini is it, it really was specifically tailored for different outcomes um, that they were very strongly connected to with, with the Kundalini tradition. Is that a hot yoga or is that just a, in a warm room? No, it's, that one's not specific to hot. However, like I said, you know, these days people kind of are recreating the wheel all the time and kind of creating new versions of yoga. And I think that, that that's really helpful for some people. I'm a, I'm a person that tends to uh, really appreciate tradition and lineage. And I really like to hold true to that. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of bothers me. Sometimes they take things like yoga or Pilates and then they add power to it. And you're thinking, it's really not about that, guys. It's really <laughs> not about that. But I have a question for you about more. Just I want to ask you one more thing because we really, I really am about to embark. I think Jamie and I both are on kind of getting into the Kundalini and I want to get, oh. I want to ask you one other question. Sure. So you said, like, for example, when you're trying to help someone and you guide them to a Kundalini, is there... But if you go to a kundalini yoga class, mm-hmm. is it really, how do they do that specific for people? Or is it more generic and there's just specific things that can help anyone? So classes generally are going to be sort of the intuitive nature that the teacher is going to pick what they feel is the next step. And usually if they're working with similar students weekly, they might stay in a certain vein of focus and that's going to help their students develop. However, you know, a lot of people do do kundalini yoga uh, in a one-to-one personal training kind of situation. And then now there's more of this, what's called yoga therapy, which is this sort of health coach kind of idea where people are taking yoga into a more um, medical, um, environment and applying it specifically for different um, illnesses, different, you know, issues. Yeah. I think so, that's just amazing. And, and I is. know it works. It works. Oh, yeah. So the name and topic of your book, Fearless, I mean, that speaks volumes. And I think we all would love to take our anxieties, whatever they're based around, and turn them into our advantage and empowerment. And you say in your book, we may try a few new strategies and it may work really well for us for a while, but then our lower brain comes in and tends to shut it down. And I am dying to have you explain what you mean by this 
because I didn't have time to read the whole book um, and yet, and um, why this happens. You know, it's, it's, if we think about how we want to create change, all of us want to create change and yet they, we get, we get derailed or we sabotage it. And we might think, I really wanted to create this new change. I wanted to let go of this bad habit, but we, we make some progress and then it just, it just gets lost. And what that is, is our, our part, the parts of us that kind of want to keep us just safe. And we could call that the lower brain, which is one aspect, which is like what people call the reptilian brain, which its primary concern is just to keep us surviving. Right. So it will say, yeah, that's great. That idea of change sounds really good, but really their biggest focus is, you know, did we make it through the day? Did we survive? And that's the part of us that can get stuck in those patterns where we're, we might want change, but we look at, you know. Yeah, right now there's too much going on. I just can't handle anything. Yeah. And we just kind of fall back into that little hole and we go, well, it's not really comfortable, whether it's this relationship or this job, but I'm used to it. And so it's good enough. And that's just a way that our brain and our ego personality also functions. So I'm sure when people first come to you, they could be stuck and you're helping them and you're saying these things that you just said that I just, you know, love and totally resonates with me. However, for some people, like if they came to you and they were, and they were, and they needed some help pretty quickly, what would be some of the techniques that you would give them right away so they could start to sort of have some of that revelation and feel it. So then they really get charged up to move forward and they see that they can make that change in their life. That's a, that's a great question. So what I do is usually when I'm working with people, whether it's in a retreat form or an online group or one-to-one is that I bring people into their awareness of their body and I bring them into awareness of their breath. And from these two places, we start to experience how to really relax and how to settle in to a way that we're not used to experiencing. A lot of us get stuck up in our head and we're very busy. We're thinking, we're doing, we're crossing off the to-do list and we get stuck in a way of being that's not really serving us. So as we practice slowing down and breathing and really being present, we start to experience a level of peace and calm that we forgot we could get to. I just started breathing just now. Thank you for reminding yes. me. Different. Yes, and that's kind of like what we've been doing with all of our meditation. Jamie and I are very focused on our, our meditation. You know, we both have our meditative practices. And now I'm ready to really dive in and learn some deeper meditative practices. Do you really, I'm just curious for my own selfish um, interest. Is there any meditation that you really recommend or like to use that you think is effective and, and, and good for people who are having busy lives? You know, there's such a wide range. And um, I would say that part of it is people experiencing the different kinds, because some people are going to really resonate with a certain kind of meditation versus another person. So what you need for me, um, I really am appreciating kundalini yoga and the different meditations that they offer because you can really get specific about what you're focusing on and those meditations are so powerful 
And at the same time, in the last year and a half, I've been studying somatic meditation with Dharma Ocean. And it's a very embodied practice, which is what I've been moving into over the last, you know, 15 years. And it's, it takes a lot of the practices I was already doing and deepens them so that you really work with how to be in connection, say with the earth and really feel a space of being resourced by the earth. And those practices for me are super powerful because they help me really relax. I have a lot of energy and sometimes just being able to totally relax my entire body and mind helps me really center. Can you repeat that one? I haven't heard of that. Oh, it's called, well, he calls it now um, the um, somatic practice of pure awareness. And it's with uh, Reggie Ray, who is a practitioner of Tibetan Buddhism that very much aligned with this embodiment practice, what's considered more of a um, practice uh, rather than just more of the center Buddhism that was um, more of the uh, theory and, 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 kind of ceremony. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he he studied under um Chogyong Trungpa Rinpoche and that was his teacher for many many years and so that's his expertise you could say and his lineage that he's carrying on and it's so powerful. Is that Dharma we, Ocean? Dharma Ocean we could maybe we'll put that in the show links for everybody. Please. That's some, great. That's something we could find online and learn more about probably. Yeah, and that's what you're talking about when you talk about body awareness will bring an increased emotional intelligence. Yes. You hear people throw around that word emotional intelligence a lot now. (laughs) Yes. But I'm I'm telling you, you, you kind of either have that or you might be lacking it. I'm sure you can learn it, but it's something that I think people really need to focus more on. I mean, it's great to have book smarts and all of those good, good, um, elements as well. But that emotional intelligence is really helpful, not only in your life, but in your business and in your relationships, everything. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I actually know you can get better at it. Because even though I was highly aware of my emotions as a child, I did not know how to understand them and regulate them and actually take care of myself around them. So I am capable of that now. So I'm, I'm living proof that you can go from being not very smart in your intelligence as emotional and becoming highly emotionally intelligent and using it to your benefit because now it's been studied to really show how related it is to not only your capacity to know how you're feeling, but how you relate with people, your ability to read people, to address conflict, to not take things so personally. And even physically, it supports your immune system and your well being. And your ability to sleep well. So it's pretty huge. Yeah. And, you know, in business, because I, I have my other, my interior design business, and I, I really do struggle. We were just talking about that last night. And we had a little, we, we, we're, we're in Los Angeles, and we're going to a big conference to co- tomorrow. And so we rented an Airbnb, and there's three of us here. And we've been doing these amazing experiences. And we did a little, we did a little what? What would we call it, Jamie? Well, we had a little altar and did a, a little goddess gathering last yes, night. Last night. And with some candles. and It was awesome. And we were talking about how difficult it really is. And, and I maybe it's a female thing, 
But I really struggle with not taking so much of the things that happen in business personally. I'm getting much better at it. Mm-hmm. But it but it is something I always have to check myself on. It's like, Lana, it's not about you. Come on. I agree. I, I think, I mean, that's why I focus my book specifically on women, because I think there's a lot of work for us to kind of shed the way of being we've been taught in a patriarchal society that's been in place for 3000 years and to really redefine how we get to be. And we don't need to worry about what everybody thinks. And we don't need to feel like we're pleasing everyone. And we can start to be stronger in who we are and not worry about if it is offending people. That's such a good point. We were just sort of chatting about that saying how we all worry about, Oh, what do they think of me? And then you're like, wait a minute. If you're, you're no one's thinking about you. They're thinking about themselves. So get over it, you know? Yeah. Don't be so worried about it. Yeah, it's like, what makes you think that think they're thinking about you? They're not. <laughs> right. And that and you know, and I learned that in my 20s with with Don Miguel Ruiz, right? That's one of the four agreements is don't take things personally and um don't make assumptions. And you know, all of those pieces for me were so powerful. I mean, I it took me a long time to, and I still have to practice them, but it was such a like a powerful insight, like what? You know, and it it is, it's again, one of those habits and it is a practice. I mean, it's just like anything else you do in your life. And I find sometimes it's like, gosh, I could have had a V8. Why (laughs) wasn't I, why wasn't I thinking about that? I know that it's, I know that I, it's, you know, not to make that assumption because if I, because everything works out, but anyhow, it's, it's definitely something we have to work on, but I want to ask you one other question. I know I'm kind of being selfish today. I am, but I had, I've, I did a lot of therapy back when I was 30 years old, some different disciplines with a woman that was like you, where she had the multidiscipline and she did she did work with me with reparenting the child and the gestalt, but honestly, I don't really know what the gestalt was. She would just say that she was doing it. Can you tell us a little bit more about the gestalt? So maybe, maybe I'll remember. Sure. Well, it's interesting because, um, like I, you know, as a therapist, I, I had studied many different modalities in psychology and it wasn't until, uh, I was going through a whole lot when I had my children that I had the opportunity to start studying gestalt with, um, with a colleague who was going to be doing a small women's group. And honestly, I didn't know exactly, well, what is gestalt while I was kind of in it, but now I look back and I say, you know, Gestalt was the original embodiment practice. It was don't just talk about what you were feeling when that horrible thing happened a few days ago. It was be with it right now, bring it in the room, feel it, see what you needed to do to process that completely. And so it really doesn't get the credit for how powerful and really what the, it kind of was the father mother of a lot of PTSD processing work that's happening now, trauma work, anxiety work, and all the somatic work. It came yeah. from Gestalt. Wow. Okay. Cause now that you say that, I'm like, yeah, that's what, that's what my therapy that I worked on things was all about was moving that energy. Let's just sit with it. Where do you feel it in your body? Exactly. And then let's just give it back to wherever you visualize it came from and let's move it out and move it on. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it works. It, works. it is. I mean, that's the whole thing is that to me, embodiment is so needed, especially as women, but really it's everybody. But for right now, my focus is women 
because until we reclaim the territory of our body and our uh, sexuality and our well-being and our beauty, no matter what we look like, that is a huge part of us stepping into our power now. So Jamie, tell tell her where we're going tomorrow. Yes, tomorrow's uh, we're going to the United State of Women conference. Oh, lovely! Yes. and so we just want we're just all ears. We're like, look, we are we're a ladies' roadmap. We're a podcast for women. We are all ears. If they're talking about it, if they're it, there's obviously a movement. And whether you're gung ho about one part or another, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. The point is, things are changing. They are. I mean, you know, because there's so many different schools of thought and even historical prediction that there is this return of the feminine energy right now, no matter how you want to make sense of it. And it's giving permission for this next paradigm to come. And it's not about men versus women. It's really, it's the, it's the invitation of all of us reconnecting with that feminine principle that's been, you know, repressed for thousands of years. That's it. Yeah. And that's our next question is you talk about the divine feminine principle and um, and about being having more of a spiritual community. Mm -hmm. And I know we hear the word goddess and I don't know about everybody else, but just the word goddess makes Lana and I feel very empowered. You know, it's true. And and yet there are a lot of women I know that cannot relate to the word goddess at all. Like it feels too feminine and they, they're just like, what that just feels, you know, too foo-foo. So I tend to talk from a feminine principle or archetype now because I want to hold that space that it's not, doesn't have to look one particular way. And I was that way too. I remember when I first started coming around the divine feminine, I, I couldn't, I, I appreciate it, but I also was like, I don't know. And I had to do a lot of my own Rehealing, recapturing of my feminine and the healing around my relationship with my mom in order to really be more okay with my feminine side. Because I love that you just said that. I really do because I couldn't agree more. People are going to hear that word goddess, and really, we've just been hearing it out and about, especially here in LA. And it truly does. It truly does make a lot of people, it turns them off and they kind of think it's too woo-woo. So I love that you said that and the way you put that. I really do. It's awesome. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so since your um, life has been dedicated to helping women, we just want to know, what are you wishing for the women, for, for future, for the future for women? I, I, I would say that my vision that I hold because it's been my own life path is that we find our authentic voice and that we shed the fear and really step into whatever makes us most excited, happy, alive, and fulfilled. Yeah. Whatever that is, right? Yeah. Whatever that is for us. And for a lot of us, that might be just redefining what's really important to us as we get older. Um, I believe midlife is not about women just getting too old and needing to be quiet and go Mm -hmm. sit in the corner. I believe it's actually a very powerful spiritual transition for us to step into more of who we are. And I think that's what we're feeling, Joe. I mean, that's why we're doing this ladies roadmap and we can't even tell you this week we've been in LA and we've been making our rounds and I just tell her to Jamie, it's been amazing the response and the reaction we're having from other women. And we just keep running into women our age that Joe just like, 
you know, we're all cheerleaders for one another. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. That's the beauty is that we really are escaping the, we should keep being competitive with each other. And we're creating the, no, we're all cheerleading. We're all coming together and rising up. Really? It's the Maya Angelou, you know, like, yes, we rise. It it, it so is. Well, um, so you have something coming up that you're you're launching. Uh, speaking of women's empowerment, like a collective of some sort, can you oh. tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, well, so I really wanted to create um, a space to be able to offer a lot of the different ways that I work, so that it's accessible for people, uh, so they can try things on and and also share what's empowering them. So I'm creating a membership site soon to launch on my website, katedow.com. And it's, it's called the Women's Empowerment Collective. And yeah, I'm just super excited to have a space for women to come together. We'll have a Facebook page and uh, I'm going to create like new guided meditations, probably even do some yoga um, Kriya on, on film, you know, as a video and have lots of content available for people to know what could be supportive for them. So we can sign that up on that. Tell us one more time how to sign up and and join that membership. Well, so right now, if you're interested in it, go ahead and just email me because I'm going to start collecting emails for the first, you know, people I'm going to offer it to. Um, and, and so that would just be at katedowphd at gmail.com. Just email me, tell me you're interested in the WEC, the Women's uh, Empowerment Collective, and I'll, I will have you on the top of the list. Oh, that is so awesome. Well, just one other, one other quick maybe tool for women out there that you find is, is powerful other than, say, maybe the Kundalini Yoga. What other practice or tool do you use every day? Or habit, I guess I should say habit. Sure. Well, I mean, I've I've cultivated a morning practice I do every day, and I have to say, um, it, it 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 changes my life. Right. Every day that I commit to my practice, it gives me an opportunity to be that much more centered and clear about who I am and where I'm going. So, wherever you start to create some practice that you do every day, it's going to empower you hugely. So a very simple one is a gratitude practice where your hands, you know, I lead, mm. lead it with people making contact in the middle of their chest and just being able to sit and hold your hands with love and be able to focus on something you're grateful for and allow that feeling of gratitude to flow through you. And then you can even send it out as like a prayer to somebody, you know, who's struggling, but that that gratitude is a, a total energy shift. It opens our heart and it allows us to see the cup is half full. And from that place, we create in a very different way. And that's the perfect way to start a day. It is. It is. And I'll, I'll just have to mention that the science coming out around it is profound because it's also very much connected to increased immunity, um, better sleep, better mood, um, an ability to n- n- regulate your emotions better. So if someone wants, so who would be your perfect um, person to work? Who's the perfect person to work with you? What would be a good fit? Well, I kind of hold two spaces because, because I just love women and I love supporting them. Um, One is just women going through transition in midlife Mm. and finding that next step that feels powerful for them. Um, and then the other is like women who are wanting to cultivate a business and feeling a lot of, you know, 
challenges of what's what's getting in the way of that emotionally and mentally about how they believe in themselves. Um, but really, I work with both around this idea of self-mastery, right? This idea of how do I help you become your best self by learning to show up and build that awareness of what matters? How do you want to manage your emotions differently? How do you want to think differently? And then how do you want to show up in your day in a way that really supports you, right? So your self-care, how are you going to develop your emotional intelligence? And it might sound like, oh my God, that's a lot, but you just start where you are and you just, it's like everything we do. We take one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And with that, we make progress. And in that self-mastery, I find is where we really create the deepest in happiness inside of us. And then we really are more free to go create what we want. And, and back to in your book where you talk about the anxiety and turning that into your, to an advantage for yourself. Is that part of what you just talked about as well? Or is that kind of a separate side thing? No, it's, it's similar because uh, I believe, you know, the mind body orientation is something that I have held true since I was very small. And of course, now everything's showing up to validate that. So I, I believe that when we have anxiety, it's, it's really trying to get our attention. It's trying to show us mm. what something's happening here and, and whether it's old feelings or old wounds or, or needs that I'm not paying attention to, it's trying to get my attention just like uh, I went through cancer and I believe that that cancer was really helping me see what was the next level of self-care I needed to adhere to. And it wasn't there, you know, it, for me, it became a message of, okay, what do you need to let go of and what are you going to step into for yourself? Thank you for sharing that because so many women our age have experienced some form and it definitely, definitely shows you a new way if you look at it from through that lens, for sure. Yeah, it's just sort of been my perception that um, life is nef- definitely not simple. It can be challenging, but that each of those challenges is helping us grow and helping us learn and become more whole. Thank you, Kate. This has been um, incredible and very eye-opening. And it's so happy. It's so rewarding to hear that there is someone out there that we could turn to, to um, uncover these things. Because so many of us women, we at, at this age, we end up just getting stuck in these habits you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And then we don't push ourselves to get uncomfortable, to, to step out and be a little uncomfortable. And that's what makes us grow. And to have someone like you to be able to coach us to get through those, that period would be so helpful. So thank you so much. And once again, everybody, we're going to have all these links to Kate and her new um, group and uh, we're, and everything else in our show notes at ladiesroadmap.com. Thank you. We are, and Kate, we are going to be one of the first to sign up. We're going to do that today. Thank you. I'm <laughs> excited. I want to know more about the Kundalini Yoga and, and work on all of those things. So really, really, really grateful to have met you and super excited to get to know you better. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you both. I really appreciate it. One more thing before we go. Ladies, do you have friends or family that have never listened to a podcast, don't know what one is, and certainly need help downloading? So Jamie's put together a fabulous quick tutorial on our website explaining what a podcast is and how to download. Just go to our website, ladiesroadmap.com, and go to the podcast page, and it's right at the top. Thank you for spreading the word about Ladies Roadmap. 
Thank you for listening to Ladies Roadmap. We'd like to give a shout out to our amazing music producer, Cam Tyler, at litloops.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Just go to www.ladiesroadmap.com and click on podcast. It's as easy as that. Or you can subscribe on iTunes. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Ladies Roadmap. And you know what else? We would love to hear from you. Feel free to email us at info at ladiesroadmap.com. And until next week, remember, the greatest part of a road trip isn't arriving at your destination. It's all the wild stuff that happens in between. Mm -hmm.